know, uh, folks, guys and gals and non-guys and non-gals, um, welcome, welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um, we're here on this, uh, this post-Thanksgiving recording. I hope everyone had a nice American Thanksgiving, if you celebrate American Thanksgiving. Um, if you don't, one of that's perfectly fine. It's kind yes. of a garbage holiday if you look at the history of it. It's very problematic. Um, as is the case for so many holidays. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, if you, if you, if you celebrate it and you had a good time, then that's valid. Um, anyways, we're, we, we are coming to you. We are back for more, uh, more facts, more weird tales, more capes and more japes. Uh, one of us is currently a living room ghost with a dog. <laughs> um, so what are we talking about today? Well, if you hadn't noticed, our past three episodes are all people who have uh, carried the Captain America mantle. Yes. So this one is the uh, Captain's America Roundup. <laughs> the Captain's Americas. Yeah, I don't know what the correct plural is. But I figure it's probably, like, Attorneys General. So, Captain's seems, America. Yeah, that seems the most reasonable one. Yeah, uh, but this roundup is going to be a bit loosey-goosey, because, like, there's a couple people who go by Captain America, and, like, some who are clearly Captain America adjacent, but never call themselves Captain America. Mm. And, like, there's just stuff. Because, <laughs> you know... Just a lot of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff. I've got, like, six pages of notes. So... All right, here we go. The, there's there's just a lot of stuff. Let's get <laughs> to it. Um, So, there, as good of a starting point as we're going to get is... Or, well, as, as clear of a starting point as we're going to get in this roundup is um, the Captain America Corps which is a mm. five-issue team-up series from 2010 that uh, brought together Steve Rogers as Captain America, Bucky Barnes as Captain America, John Walker as U.S. Agent, mm. Kiyoshi Morales as Commander A, and Shannon Carter as American Dream. And the basic plot is that someone's going around Dimension stealing Steve Rogers' <laughs> frozen bodies before he can get onto <laughs> the Avengers. Oh no! So someone else pulls a couple like Captain America slash Captain America adjacent heroes from time and space to stop it from happening? Because uh, the world apparently goes very bad when Steve isn't Captain America. Like, <laughs> totalitarian police state bad? Uh-oh! Yeah. Um, and of course we've already gone over uh, Bucky and Steve in their own episodes. So the only real thing that I'm going to mention about them in this is that um, the version of Steve pulled for this storyline is, like, pre his debut as Captain America or, like, very early on into his 
career as Captain America. Like, huh. not even meeting Bucky yet. <laughs> so, that has a lot of interesting implications of, like, but you're kept, you're Captain America, but I'm Captain America. Who are, why are all these Captain Americas? <laughs> Who are you people? Um, but... <laughs> But let's start with John Walker, because he has uh, arguably the most history out of the uh, three other ones <laughs> that are not Steve or Bucky. Uh, so he first shows up in 1987 as a patriotic and corporate-sponsored hero named Super Patriot. And <laughs> <laughs> so he was literally created as the opposite of Steve, like John Walker he was it was just like hmm let's see steve is this so john walker will be this and steve is this so john walker will be this and steve is like this so john walker will be like this and that's how they got all of his personality traits <laughs> that's one way to do it yeah uh but uh john's basic history is that he idolized his brother who died in the vietnam war and he joined the military himself, but was never deployed. And when he was discharged, he met a guy named the Power Broker. Uh, and he bought superhuman abilities. And originally, he's like, I'm going into superhuman wrestling with these new superhuman powers that I've got. <laughs> sure. Right? And then somebody was like, hey, what if instead... You go into superheroing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a good second option. Yeah. Um, and he's like, they they really go into like, all right, we created him as the opposite of Steve. So he's very much against Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand him. Yeah, he, like, goes around to rallies and stages fights with, like, fake pro-Captain America extremists, which is... Uh, okay. A, yeah, he's, like, at rallies and he's like, yay, patriotism, oh no, pro-Captain America extremists called the Buckies. It's like, I, I'm gonna fight them so that they don't hurt anybody at this rally. I won! Yay, I'm a hero! <laughs> <laughs> you did it yeah and like steve finds out about it and pulls him aside in private you know like a responsible person <laughs> and just goes hey buddy can you like stop using fake extremists to turn people against me at your rallies because like somebody could accidentally get hurt in the confusion and panic since they think it's real and John Walker just goes, no, it's fine, because I'm trying to replace you. You're outdated, and it's fine. <laughs> oh, no. And he also keeps trying to get Steve to fight him, and Steve's just like, I'm not going to fight you. Mm -mm. Like, I'm just not going to fight you. So eventually, uh, John Walker just attacks Steve first. And it it seems like one of those things where Steve's just like, oh, fine. You threw the first punch, so I gotta do something about it now instead of you just yelling, fight me. Uh, oh, boy. And so they're, like, fighting for a really long time. 
and it's clear that Steve is the better fighter. Like, he's <laughs> winning, but John's just, like, not going down, and they both get really exhausted. <laughs> and and then, like, John throws some throwing stars, and they hit Steve in the chest, and, like, he doesn't really do any, like, it's basically nothing to him, <laughs> but John Walker just goes, like... I hit you, I win, bye. <laughs> Me too, honestly. No take backs. I win. I'm better. <laughs> and like Steve just kinda like, did he win? No. No. I I didn't I didn't fall. I stayed. <laughs> but did he win? Is he right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous that it sends him into kind of like a did he win, Spider? <laughs> Just because he yelled, I win, and ran away. <laughs> what if all just, like, supervillains did that to Captain America? Like, they were like, I won! And he was like, maybe they did, shoot. He did land a punch. Maybe he did win. Um, But eventually, John Walker hits the lucky break and takes down a villain in a very high-profile fight, and he, like, just becomes, like, a celebrity from it. It's like, <laughs> yes, my chance. Um, and then uh, we get to the point where Steve gives up being Captain America, and this is it's not the time where he goes to be Nomad, but the time where he goes to be the Captain. Oh, uh, yes, that yeah, time. Yeah, because the government's trying to get him to work directly for them. <laughs> And so they're like, hmm, maybe Nick Fury. And Nick Fury's like, no, I'm too busy. And they're like, hmm, maybe Sam Wilson. No, Cap like, America's not ready for a black Captain America. Uh, <laughs> let's go with John Walker. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so one of his fake extremists uh, uh, named Lamar Hoskins is able to stay on as his Bucky, which, I mean, I guess is complete. Like, it's, I guess it's, like, it works, because the fake extremists <laughs> were called the Buckies. So, get, get one of them, and he's your new Bucky. Yeah, he is a Bucky, technically. Yeah, uh, but then he changes his codename to Battlestar, which is much cooler. <laughs> like, nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is where it starts to go bad for John Walker, uh-oh. Yeah. Because, uh, first off, he's uh, a lot more brutal than Steve. Um, and he accidentally beats a guy to death pretty early on in his career. <laughs> okay, well, that's not great, John. Yeah. And then um, the other two of his fake extremists become actual extremists who, you know, uh, announce his name and birthplace on national television. And oh, 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 well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this <clears throat> leads to the death of John Walker's parents at the... Uh-oh! Yeah, at the hands of a militia group that he had already been fighting as Captain America. Um, and so he ends up, like, beating a bunch of these militia members to death. And leaves <laughs> his former fake extremists to die in an explosion. Oh, well. Yeah, he's not doing well. Um, 
No. Yeah. Cause like even he he even missed like his parents' funeral because of his like new Captain America responsibilities and all of that. So being Captain America both cost him his parents and cost him the chance to say goodbye to his parents. <laughs> uh <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, but after he uh just has this bad time he gets captured by the flag smasher um who's one of steve's villains basically uh and steve <laughs> saves him and then the red skull attacks and is like hey i'm gonna make uh john walker and steve rogers fight and again so, yeah and so they do but like steve wins because this time john walker doesn't hit him and then run away yelling i won um <laughs> And, uh, like, after Steve wins, he attacks the Red Skull, and uh, Walker ends up, like, recovering just enough to help in the fight. And, and like, it works, kind of, but not really, because the Red Skull escapes. <laughs> Whoops! Yeah, it's it's just all a mess, and Walker isn't okay, and he retires, <laughs> which is good. Um... And he convinces Steve to take the mantle back, and then, like, to make it all better, you know what the government does? What What do they do? They hypnotize him so that his oh! parents are, so that he thinks that, like, his parents are still alive, because I guess that's how you uh, well, deal with grief. Okay, well, the thing about that is, it's not great. Yeah, but, I mean, they also fake his death and give him a new identity. I mean, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, he, when, he come, when, his, when he comes back with his new identity, he comes back as U.S. agent. Uh, and he goes on to be in a lot of different comics as a, as a minor character, including the West Coast Avengers and Forceworks and a couple other organizations. Uh, mm -hmm. And, like... His morality generally improves over time, so that's also oh, very good. That's something, yeah. Yeah, uh, but we're gonna move on to Kiyoshi Morales, mm -hmm. who there is a lot less to say about. Okay. Because he's literally only in the Captain America Core 5-issue series. Uh, Alright. Yeah, but he's very good, is the thing. He's from the 25th century on, like, Earth 1183-1. I don't know how these- uh, I don't know how these Earths are supposed to be called. I love that Earth. That, that one's great. Yeah, it's got Kiyoshi Morales on it. Um, but he goes by Commander A, and he uses two shields made out of pure energy because it's the future. <laughs> Hell yeah. And it does look very cool. Uh, and he is also a mix of Japanese, Latino, African American, and Native American descent, which is very, very good for a Captain America figure, and I wish that he would be in more than just the one <laughs> miniseries. Marvel! Give us more diverse Captain's Americas! Please, God! And that's, like, literally all we've got about Kiyoshi, unfortunately. So, on to Shannon Carter, 
who luckily has been in more than just one thing. Um, Hooray! Yeah. She first appeared in Anex Comics in uh, 1999 as the niece of Sharon Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she grew up idolizing Captain America and trained extremely hard to join the Avengers someday, which she does, and she designs her costume after Captain America's and calls herself American Dream, which, like, they could have just let her still be called Captain America, but I guess American Dream is, like, more feminine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a fun fact about Shannon is that at one point before joining the Avengers, she was hired by Edwin Jarvis to be a tour guide at the Avengers Mansion, which is very fun. <laughs> that is fun! Yeah, so like after the Avengers don't live there, it's like a museum and it's great. Um, and she has these like little discs that she can project from um, uh, little like things on her arms. And they just look like little shields. So, like, you know those little uh, Captain America toys that shoot the little foam discs? Yeah! Those are actually American Dream toys now. Wow. Confirmed. Confirmed. Because you know who shoots discs? American Dream. Um... And I might have been a little bit too hasty when I was like, at least she's in more than one thing, because that's all I have on her. <laughs> uh, so that's it for the Captain America core. Um, Great. And we're moving on to all the other people who were inspired by Captain America, <laughs> which can probably be both counted as like a fictional character perspective, as something created in a post-Captain America Marvel comic, or as an in-universe I grew up idolizing Captain America sense. Which is also very fun. Yeah, it is fun. There is a lot of that weird sort of like semi-meta stuff with Captain America that you like don't get with a lot of other characters. But because like so much of his like his in-universe mythology is like known to everyone, it's like it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so... Now we're going to go through uh, three characters who were used to explain the discrepancy between the Captain America comics in the late 1940s and 50s and the retcon Captain America and Bucky disappeared in 1945 plotline. Uh-huh. Uh, so first we have William Nasland, or Nasland, or whatever, however that's pronounced. Um, so he was introduced in 1977 as the hero, the Spirit of 76, in the the Invaders comics. Uh, William grew up in Philadelphia, and when World War II came around, he learned how to fight and even learns how to copy some of Captain America's moves in an effort to aid the Allied forces somehow, which I guess he didn't, like, have a plan, but he's like, I'm going to learn how to fight real good so that I can help in the war. Um... (laughs) Just go for it. (laughs) Right? And eventually he gets recruited by a guy named Alfie to become Spirit of 76, and he joins a group called the Crusaders. But uh, it turns out that Alfie is a German agent, 
and ends up using them to fight the invaders. And then once they oh. realize this, everybody except for William decides to leave their costumes behind because they're like, oh man, we fought the good guys. We don't, we don't want to fight the good guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, and I mean, I guess it was for the best that William didn't give it up because uh, he ends up being recruited by President Truman to replace oh. Captain America after he goes <laughs> missing in 1945. <sighs> and they even match him up with a Bucky replacement who's named Fred Davis. And they, uh, they fight alongside each other until William is crushed to death by a robot in 1946. Oh! Oh, no! Yeah, so, uh, short, short career there. Um, and then he's replaced by Jeffrey Mace. And Jeffrey first appeared in the Human Torch comics in 1941 as the hero named Patriot. Uh, he mm. was born in Brooklyn and was a reporter at the Daily Bugle before he was inspired to become a costumed hero by Captain America. <laughs> uh, and he fought in World War II and sometimes had a sidekick named Mary Morgan, who, of course, was called Miss Patriot. Because <laughs> she can't get a more creative name, I guess. Uh. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Um, but after William Naslin dies, uh, Jeffrey becomes Captain America, and he actually ends up retiring in 1949. So, like, he oh. survived. <laughs> um, and he even marries Betsy Ross, you know, the superhero Golden Girl. Yeah. Yeah. And then he even, like, lives long enough to end up dying in old age instead of, like, the way most superheroes do it, uh, often and dramatically. <laughs> For sure. Um. <laughs> and then, uh, after that, there's William Burnside, who I will call Burnside to not confuse him with, uh, William Nasland, who we just talked about a couple minutes ago. Yes, fair. Uh, so Burnside is kind of the most messed up of the three. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, because he was specifically created to explain the return of Captain America in the 1950s. Uh, you know, the one who fought communists? <laughs> uh, <gasps> oh, good times. Yeah. Uh, so Burnside is obsessed with Captain America. Uh, he... Gets his PhD in American history, and then right after that, he's like, I'm going to research Project Rebirth. You know, the, the project that uh, created the super soldier serum and turned Steve Rogers into <laughs> Captain America. That one, yeah. That one. Um, and eventually he finds secret files that have both Captain America's identity and the super soldier serum in it. So, like, good find, bud. Yeah, I guess. Just kind of dug him right up. Yeah, uh, but then he changes, he legally changes his name to Steve Rogers. And then... Well! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hold up. <laughs> no, I thought I could just breeze right past that one. <laughs> That's okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, and then he uh, takes the super soldier serum to the FBI, and he basically says, look, make me Captain America, send me to Korea, I'll give you this serum. And the FBI says, sure, yeah, here's a bunch of surgery to make you look and sound like the original Steve Rogers. This is a great plan. <laughs> no, it's not! <laughs> Why are so many Captain America and Captain America adjacent stories just like, the government makes a terrible decision. Again. <laughs> because the government is constantly making terrible decisions. Uh, but at least the, they realize that this one's not great because they don't send him to Korea. They eventually realize like, oh wait, shit, this is bad and we should not send a patriotic symbol to Korea. That will be such bad optics. Cancel the plan. <laughs> oh no, we fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, all right, Burnside or Steve, I guess now we're going to set you up. At, with a job as a teacher and he's like fine whatever and here he meets jack monroe who shares uh his captain america obsession oh good yeah and then burnside injects them both with super soldier serum stop it no and you know this is serum that hasn't been tested and it's imperfect because, you know, like we said in the Steve Rogers episode, the scientific notes were not complete. <laughs> and so now they're like, all right, we are Captain America and Bucky. We're going to go fight the communist Red Skull. Who is, who? The communist Red Skull is not the original Red Skull. He's like the third guy who calls himself the Red Skull. <laughs> And the communist Red Skull is actually the one responsible for the death of the parents of Peter Parker. What? Yeah. Peter Parker's parents were killed by communist Red Skull. <sighs> Comics! Um, but anyway, they fight the communist Red Skull, but because they didn't do the super soldier serum process in the exact right way, it has some uh, unfortunate side effects. Sure. Which, this is where comics are like, uh, they get paranoid and racist, I guess. So, that's something. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't love it. No, and eventually they're arrested and put into suspended animation. Because another thing that comics loves is just putting people in suspended animation. Um, and then late, so, so later, they're like, what if we revive him to kill Captain America and the Falcon? Wait, that didn't work, freeze him again. Oh my god, just put, put him back, put him back. And then later... Uh, he's taken by Dr. Faustus and brainwashed into leading a group of neo-Nazis and maybe also oh. to try to kill Captain America. And like every single time he's taken out of suspended animation, he ends up in the hospital. <laughs> like the first time he's taken out of suspended animation, he realizes what he's done and like, he's like, wait, I'm trying to kill Captain America, but I used to be Captain America. 
I can't handle this, and sets himself on fire. And then the second time they go to send him to kill Captain America, he ends up, like, accidentally getting hit by a truck. So... (laughs) At least the uh, second time... Steve is just like, look, just fake his death, send him to people who can help him, and give the man a new identity. He keeps getting brainwashed and trying to kill different Captain's Americas. I'm just imagining him like, walking down the street, gonna kill Captain America. Oh no, a truck! I mean, I think it was during a fight. (laughs) That's not as funny. It's not. Uh... But, um, the, that's, that's, that's enough about this boy. Um. (laughs) We're done, I think. We're, we're done. Cause Steve sends him to people who can help his brain and give him, like, actual mental health care. Uh. Thank God. Yeah. And they're like, he's dead. He died. He is, he does not exist. And he's gonna be helped. Um. So the last person that I want to really go into is Isaiah Bradley, um, who is very good. Uh, He was introduced in 2003 in a comic called Truth, Red, White, and Black. Um, Yes. And Isaiah Bradley is kind of colloquially known as the Black Captain America. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And in the Marvel Universe, he's a legend in the African-American community, but he isn't widely known in the uh, white mainstream. And, like, that's both civilians and heroes. Steve Rogers didn't know that Isaiah Bradley even existed until 2003. (laughs) Like, in-universe, he didn't know. (laughs) Steve! Yeah. Uh, but... Isaiah was part of an experiment in the uh, in uh, 1942 in a direct parallel to the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, um, which mm-hmm. in the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, around 400 poor African-American men were purposely not treated for syphilis for 40 years, uh, even after penicillin was found to be a viable treatment. And Mm. it actually brought around a lot of changes in the ethics of um, uh, experiments because people are like, hey, you should not be able to do that. That sucks massively. It sucks so bad. Yeah. Um, So in Isaiah's experiment, uh, a eugenicist tries to recreate the super soldier serum And to do so, he takes 300 African-American soldiers from Camp Cathcart as test subjects. And of those 300 men, only five people survived the tests, including Uh, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, so it's already not great. Um, It's not. No. uh, Eventually, after field missions and other assorted dangers, Isaiah is the only man left of the original 300. And um, he ends up stealing a spare Captain America shield and costume and goes to destroy a similar operation in a concentration camp in Germany, where they're also attempting to refine a super soldier serum. And he ends up being able to assassinate the eugenicist there who's running that experiment, but then he's captured. 
Um, no. And the Germans decide to dissect him to try to figure out, like, the secrets of the super soldier serum. Um, <laughs> and he ends up being rescued by German insurgents. But when he finally makes it back to the United States, he's court-martialed and imprisoned until he's pardoned and released in 1960. So, like, 17 years. And... On top of all of this garbage, while he's in prison, they take his DNA and attempt to make another super soldier from it. And oh, they do. You guys. Yeah, yeah. And they do end up making a super soldier baby who was then smuggled away from the government by his surrogate mother. And Isaiah ended up being. Uh, severely damaged from the imperfect super soldier serum, and now he has symptoms similar to Alzheimer's. Um, and there's a lot that is important about Isaiah's existing in comics, but like, mm -hmm. it also really sucks. <laughs> it's very, very rough. Yeah, I mean... We do have to bring attention to the atrocities committed against minority groups, both in the past and the present, so that we don't continue to perpetuate them in the future. But, like, it sucks so hard. <laughs> it... <laughs> it is, it's a, oh, it's a real, real, real bummer to experience. Yeah. Like, it, I feel like it's one of those things that would be able to be not like less like you can still have the social impact from that story but we need more black superheroes so that it's not just like they all have these bunk backstories yeah that's the thing uh is like it's it makes a huge difference when that's you know, all of your black characters as opposed to one narrative that you're telling among your many diverse black characters. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, there's a lot, um, there's a lot to it, but. It, yeah. Ultimately, I think it's positive that he exists, um, especially in-universe. Mm -hmm. Um, because he does kind of have a, like, hero stat- well, he's a hero, but he has, mm -hmm. like, this legendary status within the African-American community, and there is, um, the thing about, like, who- if you have heroes who look like you, then you believe that you can be like them. Yeah. Um, so he gets to inspire- uh, younger black kids that they can also do good and be heroes and make a difference. Um, oh. And also we love, we love Eli. This is true. He does have a grandson, <laughs> Eli, who is on the Young Avengers, who we talked about a long time ago. <laughs> and we also love him. Yes. Go listen to our Young Avengers episode. It's a great episode. Um, Eli is terrific. But okay, Olivia, are you ready yes. for a lightning round? Oh boy, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to brace myself. 
All right. So in 1974, Bob Russo, a baseball player, announced that he was retiring from baseball to take over the Captain America mantle during one of Steve's short retirements. And this, this one is the nomad one. Okay, the way you phrased that made it sound like it was a real baseball player in real life. <laughs> no, this is not a real baseball player in real life. This is a fictional baseball player in the Marvel Universe who, after Captain America retired to become Nomad, was like, hey, I'm going to be Captain America, and went on TV and told everybody that he was going to be Captain America, but he tries to stop a robbery and swings into a brick wall, injures his arm, and quits after two issues. <laughs> Me too! Zero out of five stars. <laughs> and then, directly after Bob Russo gave up after failing to climb a wall, Scar Turpin uh, attempts to take over the Captain America mantle. And Scar Turpin is a biker who uh, tried to break up a mugging, and ended up getting the shit beaten out of him. His only regret is not bringing a tire iron to the fight. Two out of five stars. <laughs> After Russo and Turpin, Roscoe Simmons, a huge fan of Captain America, tries to prove himself worthy of the mantle and is actually pretty successful. Steve even gives him the shield and Sam Wilson decides to train him while trying to convince him to retire so that he doesn't die. And uh, he should have taken his advice because guess who gets terribly murdered by the Red Skull? One out oh, of five stars. Oh, jeez. Um, Dave Rickford first appeared in 2011, and Dave was used by Nick Fury to convince Steve to take up the Captain America mantle again after Bucky was arrested by the Russians. Uh, basically, Dave went out as Captain America after getting some powers from the power broker. You know that dude. Love him. Uh, <laughs> he and then powers. Loves just giving those powers to people for a lot of money. Uh, and then he got into way too much trouble, and Steve had to save him and convince him to give up superheroing before he dies. Zero out of five stars. <laughs> In 2015, a future-slash-alternate version of Danielle Cage, the child of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, becomes... Hell yeah! Yeah! Uh, becomes Captain America and fights Ultron in the future, and a Cthulhu-esque wizard who took over Billy Kaplan's body in the past. Five out of five stars. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. Yeah. Uh, Roberto Mendez first appears in Secret Wars 2099 in 2015, and unfortunately her husband forces Super Soldier Serum onto her. And she ends up with a split personality, one of Roberta mm. and one of Captain America. Her husband has trigger words that can turn her from one personality to the other, and neither one remembers the other's existence. It sucks. Zero out of five <laughs> stars. And finally, we have Samantha Wilson, who is Captain America in the Spider-Gwen universe. And she first appeared in 2015. Uh, instead of Steve Rogers undergoing the super soldier serum in World War II, Samantha did and became Captain America until she was trapped outside of her universe for 75 years. And while she was gone, they tried to clone her and ended up with a younger male version named Sam 13, who she dubbed the Falcon and she tries to undo some of the worst of his programming as they fight together in the current universe. Four out of five stars. <laughs> and that was the lightning <gasps> round. Wowzers, Bowsers. 
boy, they sure they're they're really out here, the Captain's Americas. There's so many. Ah, <laughs> oh, did you read any comics this week, Olivia? Um, I did read some comics. Uh, what are the things I wanted to talk about? Um, one thing is, uh, their, uh, Marvel put out, I have not, I have not read it yet, but I picked it up and I thought it looked neat and I wanted to mention it. Um, Marvel put out a, um, one shot, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Enter the Spider-Verse story, um, that I think is just gonna be a standalone issue, um, and it comes, uh, like, it's like a, it's like a, a two-part thing, and there's one, like, short, uh, Spider-Verse story about, you know, all the, all the fun, all the fun Spider-Men, um, and it also comes with the, um, original version of, uh, Spider-Man 2016, the first issue, which is, uh, Miles Morales's first, like, entry as Spider-Man in, like, the, 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 like, the prime Marvel universe instead of, uh, Ultimates. Um, so, yeah, it's great. You can read it and you can, um, learn some more about Miles, who is good, and you can get, um, super hyped for this movie that comes out next month um less than a month from now um i'm losing my mind with excitement um there's also um i can't remember if we talked about shuri when the first issue came out last month um because the second issue of uh shuri just came out um obviously uh Nanetti Okorafor's, uh, series about, um, T'Challa, the Black Panther's sister, uh, Shuri, um, who, if you've seen Black Panther the movie, um, you will know is amazing and the best part of that movie, um, and the series is very much, draws a lot of inspiration from the movie version, very clearly, um. I mean, it makes sense if you've already got people onboarded from the film. Yeah, you've got people onboarded from the film, and she is, I'm very biased, um, but also Shuri is without question the best part of that movie. It's a movie with a lot of great, great things in it, and the best one of them is Shuri, because, oh my god, look at her. This is a valid point. Um, but anyway, but it's a- Five out of five stars. Five out of five stars. Um, it's a, um, it's a- super duper cool series. It focuses, you know, a lot on, obviously, on Shuri's scientific pursuits, and also just, like, very, very heavily features, like, the women of Wakanda, which rules and owns, um, and the art is gorgeous, and the covers are amazing, um, so far, and you should check it out because, uh, God, Shuri owns. I love her so much. Um, have you read anything this week? I have not, uh, but my, (laughs) 
some of my friends convinced me to put together a Molly Mock cosplay for Broadcon. <gasps> so, like, oh, that's okay. gonna... I still haven't finished Avi, but <laughs> apparently... Are you really? Oh my god! It's gonna be, like, a modern... I'm not gonna be able to, like, sew any of his clothes. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, that's the hardest crit roll character to cosplay. Yeah, I regretted it when I woke up the next morning. I was like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> Anybody else, but but it's amazing. I have but less that's than amazing. two months, and I have a whole other cosplay to do. Oh my god. I'm so excited to see that. It'll be very fun. Uh, oh, that's amazing. The The two friends that I'm doing this with are gonna do uh, Jester and Bo, so... <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 I like it very much. I can't believe they talked you into being Molly when you could just be Caleb. <laughs> it would be so easy. And now, see, that's that's the fucked up bit. Uh, we, I was throwing about a bunch of things. I was like, ooh, like I could do Caleb, or I could probably do a really good knot. And um, the one who's going to be Jester is like, Ooh, you could probably make a good four too. I'm like, ooh, that would be fun. And I'm like, but I kind of want to do Molly. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I I think I'm gonna do Molly. Yeah. Oh my god, this so, this is what I admire about you is your absolute commitment. I mean, to ideas like this. See, the thing is, I made a. Like, uh, after WonderCon earlier this year in March, I made a lineup of cosplays. This lineup was, uh, Keith from Voltron, but, like, the Blade of Memora version. Mm-hmm. Superboy and, uh, uh, Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I've done one of these. The other cosplays that I've started this year is Avi, because, I mean, in I, how would I have seen this coming in March? Right. <laughs> so I don't really blame myself for that one. And now Molly, which, I mean, also in March I wasn't listening to Critical Role, so I guess right. I'm just bad at planning? <laughs> Turns out you uh, have not been able to uh, predict all the content you were going to encounter in your life. Um, unlike me, who has second sight and knows all character designs I will ever love. <laughs> um, I did want to mention uh, one other thing before yes. we go to our... Well, I mean, this is kind of, I guess, part of our outro... But, um, I know I've mentioned it before, but Side Character Quest is a podcast that I guested on. Um, yes. And the final, uh, I almost said final issue, the final episode of, um, the arc that I was in is up now, so you can listen to all of those. Um, they're the three that have Deirdre in the title. <laughs> Because uh, that's me. That's my uh, half-orc cleric. Um, and you don't have to listen to the whole podcast if you just want to listen to mine. But I do recommend listening to the whole podcast <laughs> because it is very good. 
but listen to E's episodes first. I mean, you can if you want. You should. Ugh. It's fun. It's fun. I got like three little episodes out of it, and that was my side character quest. It's me, the side character. <laughs> there you are. There I am. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, if you want to follow, uh, any of our, I mean, probably not cosplay updates unless you, you really want that. Um, but if you want to follow our, our podcast content, um, you can find us on, uh, at Capes and Japes on pretty much everywhere where social media exists. Uh, we got Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, we have a Facebook group, just look for Capes and Japes, all one word. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, if you do want to, uh, <laughs> support our cosplay habits, um, you could, uh, leave us a tip in our tip jar on our website. That would be just, like, super cool of you. Oh! Should we talk about the thing? Yeah, I was just about to ask if we wanted to announce the launch of our Patreon. <laughs> hey! We have a Patreon! Um, well, we submitted it for review today as we're recording this. So, I don't know if it's gonna be up yet, um, when this episode goes up. Um, but we will definitely post about it when it is. So, just keep an eye on our stuff. Um... We'll probably talk about it more next week when it's all, like, official and stuff. Um, but we'll have, uh, right now we have different, we don't have anything on there yet because we just started it. But we're going to have, uh, bonus content. I think we're going to try and do some, like, some patron-only, like, movie nights. Um, some, like options for you to weigh in on uh what we should record episodes about um and yeah so whenever that's live if you're enjoying uh the content and you want to uh support us uh help pay for uh in all seriousness not for cosplay um no but for we have you know right now we have two goals up on our patreon uh the first one which hopefully will be very easily uh achievable it's only like five dollars a month to cover hosting costs but if somehow we get uh 240 a month we're gonna start doing episode transcripts so we'll actually be able to hire someone to transcribe our episodes yeah that would be really cool um but um yeah so uh Check that out whenever it's up. If you uh, have, you know, Olivia, a dollar a month. Yes. Can I share the tears? Because oh, yes. I feel tell, very tell. clever about the name of these tears. They're very good. Tell them the names of the tears. So we have three tears. One is a dollar a month, and that's called single issue. <laughs> and then we have five dollars a month, and that one's trade paperback. And then we have $10 a month, which is basically just me being all like, I just need one more so that I can call it Omnibus. <laughs> nice. Right? 
Oh. Anyway, I'm proud of those. They're um they're very good. You should uh you should go look at the Patreon and just admire how clever he is. And then also if you have a uh, a dollar a month kicking around that you want to spare or more than that, it would be like super wild. We'd like totally appreciate it. Um if uh if you don't have any money to spare, that's okay cuz I extremely get it. Um if you want to leave us a rating and or review on iTunes or your podcast place of choice, that's like also a super cool thing that we appreciate. Um, if you want to tell a friend to check us out and learn about uh, all of these extremely wild Captain's Americas, um, that we love that. We love when you do that. Um, I don't think I mentioned our Discord. We have a Discord channel if you want to pop in. Say hi, we're around. Um, I think that's everything now. Yes? I believe so. Do okay, we... yes. Yes. We did it. <laughs> um, well, in that case, thank you uh, once again for joining us here on Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Elion. As an... <laughs> I can speak. Yes. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. There it is. Kiss me sexy Batman.